It's time for Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Have you ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Every week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. Guests will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright. Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright, and it's a pleasure to be with you here today. I'm honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be a fantastic and amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly, and I promise we're going to have a lot of fun today. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I usually do this every single week. Over the last few days, I've been thinking about the quality of my interactions on social media. I really enjoy meeting new people on Facebook, for example. However, I will say that sometimes I find the experience to be disappointing. On those occasions, I find that the only reason someone wants to be friends with me is so that they can sell me their program or their business opportunity or whatever it is that they're doing. There's nothing inherently wrong with that, but I would say that there's something really important missing. It's the idea of knowing, liking, and trusting somebody first. Think about this. If I don't know you, I probably won't buy from you yet. That's because you don't know my situation, my business, or my journey in life. In fact, on those occasions where I've said no or not yet, it's amazing to see how many of them just drop off the face of the earth. And while I'm not in a position to judge, I can only wonder why they don't see the long-term value in building and maintaining a relationship first. If I don't trust you yet, I really won't buy from you because I'm not yet convinced that you have my best interests at heart. And if I don't like you, there's no way on God's green earth I'm going to be buying from you. I only do business with people I like, know, and trust, and I'm sure deep down, so do you. So think about that. I see so many people spamming their opportunities all over social media like they're throwing darts against the wall. Then they wonder why their businesses are failing. It's all about liking, knowing, trusting someone first. It's far more effective in the long run. And if you have not picked up my latest book, it's called The Greatest Lessons I Learned From My Mom. It's on Amazon, and my next book is coming out very soon. That one will be called The Greatest Lessons I Learned From Being an Entrepreneur, Volume 1. It's the first of three volumes, and that should be out in the next week or two, and I'm very, very excited. So with all that in mind, let me tell you a little bit about my guest Her name is Jill Miller. She holds a BA in liberal arts and an MS in integrated marketing communications. For over a decade, she's worked with many small business owners in a variety of capacities from consultant to director of all their business and marketing initiatives. In addition, since 2014, she's been an adjunct faculty member at St. Xavier University. She teaches a course titled Advertising and Marketing to students in their junior and senior year. And two years ago, she launched and became the host of a podcast called V is for Victory, How Small Businesses Overcome Big Battles. We have a lot to talk about today. (laughs) So let's introduce our guest, Jill Miller. How are you, Jill? Great. Thank you for having me on the show, Brian. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here, too. So the first question I usually ask everyone is, did you envision early in your life that you would be where you are right now? Oh, definitely not. But I, you know, as a young child, when you got asked the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't ever remember having a solid answer. Uh (laughs) So I guess, you know, I can't say that I envisioned myself being exactly where I'm at, but I've never, I wasn't really one that had a clear vision ever. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about your path. I mean, you, you run a, a marketing agency now, but where did it start? You certainly didn't start with that, right? Correct. Yeah. So the marketing agency was something that was kind of born out of necessity. 
Um, I was working in a physical therapy clinic when I was finishing up my undergrad. And at that time, the clinic was going through a rebrand. And the clinic director asked me if I wanted to sit in on the marketing meeting. And so I went with him and I got to see firsthand how a branding meeting works between marketing agency and client. And I just loved it. I was like, oh my goodness, I could see myself doing this. And so I started looking for jobs. Well, all the jobs wanted a marketing degree. And I had a bachelor's, what I call a bachelor's in nothing, a bachelor's in liberal arts. You know, it was a bunch of classes that I got to take because they sounded interesting to me, but it didn't really amount to a solid knowledge in any one particular area. So I had no marketing experience. I had taken one PR class in undergrad and it was very challenging for me. I, I don't even, I barely passed, I feel like, you know, with a flying C. And so, um, I was like, well, then I guess I get a master's because I'm not spending four more years in college. I'll spend two more. So I scoped out Roosevelt University, which is where I did my two. I actually finished in just under two years and um, got a marketing degree. From there, I got a job at the Appraisal Institute in their marketing department. And I guess it was it was good in the sense of it, it got my feet wet. I was mostly doing trade show works and counting promo items. And it was very entry level, not not creative and just not at all what I wanted to do, not the environment um, that I was suited for. And so I ended up leaving there Well, I, I was looking for jobs and this is probably around 2008 and there were a lot of jobs out there, but I couldn't even land an interview. I probably applied to over 150 jobs. It it was crazy to me. And I was kind of beaten down. And in the meantime, a a colleague from grad school said, I got asked to do this research project for my friend's parents who want to open up a coffee shop. And so she said, I could use your help on this freelance project. And so I said, sure. And so we set about doing that And that's when it really clicked. And I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to help small business owners. I want to get in from the ground up and I want to be involved in all of it. And since no one was hiring, I said, I'll find clients and I'll work for them (laughs) instead of finding businesses or, you know, nine to fives and corporations and work for them. I'll, I'll focus on the micro businesses. And that's how Vera Creative was born. Wow. That's fantastic. I think it's very fair to say that people's journey to success is never a straight line. What was your rock bottom moment and how did you get out of it? Well, rock bottom hit right away. That research project um, took kind of a turn for the worst. At the time, I thought it was a turn for the worst. But when we presented the final research to the business owners, we kind of were saying to them, you know, we actually don't think that your location choices for where you want to open up your coffee shop are going to make it. The market is saturated. The what you need to sell per day is a lot. The volume you have to do is is incredibly high. And the business owner got very upset with us and hung up the phone. And that's how the meeting ended. And I just kind of kept plugging away 
but I'll, but it stuck with me and it bothered me. And it was almost like, okay, well, my first project out of the gate wasn't successful. However, I found out a year later that he had called my business partner because remember they were, they, they knew each other. Well, mm-hmm. he had, he had called uh, my colleague and he said, I just want to thank you guys because you kept us from making a huge mistake. And we revamped and we pivoted and we went a different direction. And instead of opening a coffee shop, we bought a chain of existing coffee shops and we're absolutely thriving. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) That's absolutely amazing. So that experience didn't deter you because you turned out to be right. Yeah, well, in that case, I very luckily turned out to be right, but it took a year to learn that I turned out to be right. But, you know, when you, you know, you kind of in your heart of hearts, you know, you're right. And, you know, uh, at the time, people were telling me, like, you did your due diligence, you did them a favor. So I had some people in my corner that were very supportive and kept reminding me, like, they hired you to do a job and you did the job. They didn't like the outcome. They didn't like yeah. the research, but it wasn't like you made it up. Right. <laughs> and, and so, yeah. Right. I mean, when someone hires you and you have to tell them the truth, they aren't required to like it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Sometimes as a consultant, you are the bearer of bad news. Mm-hmm. And I think since then, I've learned, especially through uh, teaching at the university and teaching in marketing, I've really learned how to deliver feedback so that it lands impactfully and not negatively mm-hmm. or harsh. Yeah. And yeah, so I think, you know, that's really where the growth and the learning came from that opportunity is just how, how to deliver feedback a little more effectively. Yeah, exactly. So here's the question that I like to ask uh, at this point in the show. What is the most expensive mistake you have ever made? It can be financial, but it doesn't have to be. It can be a time energy thing. It could be an opportunity lost that maybe you should have taken advantage of. But what do you think is the most expensive mistake you have ever made? Yeah, so (laughs) I think I keep making this mistake, Brian. I don't know. I haven't learned my lesson yet, but uh, I underpriced myself. You know, I kind of let my my heart do the talking when it comes to pricing. I've done this since day one. I look at the business owner and I and I kind of make excuses for them, even when they're not making excuses. And I don't mm-hmm. I don't know why I do this, but I say, oh, you're just starting out, and you know your budget isn't very big. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, that's not my problem that they don't no. do the budgeting to to you know. And I think people are shocked a lot of times at how much starting a business can be or how mm-hmm. much marketing can actually cost. Mm-hmm. But um. I just want to help people and I get so excited about their business ideas and I get to know them very well. And so it's very hard for me sometimes to price myself accurately. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times, you know, I don't realize how much, uh, how much work I'm going to end up doing for the client because I'm not the type of person that's going to say, well, you know, uh, I've, I've, I've met my time limit with you and mm-hmm. I've worked up to this point and it's worth about that much money. So I'm just going to, you know, throw in the towel. I go right. above and beyond. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I, you know, unfortunately it's, it's something that I'm always learning and growing and, and kind of evolving with and, and playing with and tweaking with, but mm-hmm. it gets costly over time. Yeah. I can tell you. Exactly. We've got less than two minutes to our break. Do you have coaches and mentors? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think I think those are two different words. Um, And maybe we can talk about that when we get back from the break. But definitely have had people in my life that have strongly impacted me for sure. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, we are coming up against our first break. My very special guest is Jill Miller, and we're going to be talking about marketing, and we're going to be talking about social media campaigns, and we're going to be talking about branding and all the things that relate to getting your business out there and the message about your business out there. A lot of people do it wrong. A lot of people don't want to spend the money, and it is to their peril. So we're going to talk about how Jill's business helps people to do all of that. And we're going to explore all of that when we come back from the break. And when we do come back from the break, I'm going to ask her what her big why is, because I think the most successful entrepreneurs know exactly why they're doing what they're doing and who they are helping in the world. We'll come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. We'll be right back. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. It's words you never heard. Do you ever feel like you spend more time channel surfing for something to watch on TV than actually watching a program? Well, you're right. A recent study suggests that the average American will waste 23 minutes every day trying to find something to watch on television. That's 1.3 years of your life wasted on changing channels. What's another word for lounging in bed watching TV? Herkle Durkle. And get this, the inventor of the remote control didn't even watch television. Many people thought the remote control was just another Jifu jet. That's an unnecessary thing. I think the real question is, how much of our lives do we spend searching for the remote control? It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brianckwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brianckwright.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jill Miller. And we are talking about marketing and branding and getting your message out to the world and into the marketplace so that they know who you are and what you're doing. That's really, really important. And if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio, please do so. It's on Apple and uh, Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And if you do have a device such as Siri or Alexa or a Google device and you asked them to play Success Profiles Radio, you will be played the last episode available. And starting tonight or tomorrow, it'll be this one. So how about that? Fantastic. So, Jill, let me ask you next. What is your big why? What what gets you up in the morning? Why do you love doing what you're doing? 
Yeah. Uh, so I just love seeing other people succeed. Um, you know, I've, I've had several clients for many years now, and it's kind of fun to ride the roller coaster of entrepreneurship with them, to live in their highs and, and to kind of be with them in their lows. And it's, it's ever changing that, you know, no two days are alike for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that, but mostly it's just, I get, you know, kind of high on the fact that I am a small part of somebody's success and somebody's journey. Mm-hmm. I love that. So what do you think it takes to be a successful entrepreneur? Yeah, I think it takes something different from everybody. You know what I mean? I feel like success can be defined in so many different ways. It's like, if you love your job, you could say there, right there, that's successful because there's so many people who are miserable in what they're doing. Um, If you value time with your family or traveling and your job allows you to do that, then bam, you're you're successful in your job. So I feel like um, there's a lot of different ways to define success for an entrepreneur what it takes is, is, is just pure grit, determination. Um, and I think it takes a lot of intrinsic motivation. I don't necessarily think people, um, realize how much they're going to have to be their person, be mm-hmm. their own coach, be their own mentor, be their own cheerleader. Cause there's days when you don't have a boss patting you on your back. You right. Know, you have pressure from your family or pressure from clients or whatever you have, but it takes just a lot of, of true, true passion for what you're doing and intrinsic motivation to where you're the one, you know, saying, I got this, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to solve this problem. Yeah. So in your experience, why do you think businesses struggle I think businesses struggle for a lot of reasons, but mostly like what I'm seeing recently is a lack of planning. Maybe their decision to get in the in into business was um, ulterior motives or just kind of not in it to win it type of um, attitude. It was a quick fix for something or mm-hmm. um, and so I, I feel like lack of planning. And like I said earlier people who come and they want to start, you know, a business and they have this great idea. And then you ask them, well, what's your budget? And all oh, you get, well, I don't really have any money. And that type of stuff is like, but how do you not realize that starting a business costs money? Yeah. Um, and they skip and then they, so they skip over the branding, which is mm-hmm. so important and yeah. the messaging and the yeah. research and the strategy. And when you skip that, you're just you're you're you have huge gaps in your business from the beginning, and right. I think then that can make it really hard and expensive to yeah. go back and figure all that out later. Right, and your business is called Vera Creative, and you are here to help businesses cure all the things that you just talked about. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. So I yeah, I focus on research, strategy, and being creative and integrating all the pieces of business and marketing. I love that. So how can small companies compete with bigger established brands? I would say don't compete with them. I would say don't Mm. compete with anybody. I would say, you know, the world needs you, an authentic version of you, not a copy and pasted version. So while it's good to keep an eye on what the competitors are doing, keep an eye on it so you can do it better. Um, I, I don't know. I would say, you know, again, like, 
you're going to get your set of people who want to buy from you because you're small and because you're not a big company. Um, and so be, be small, <laughs> be whatever it is that they need you to be kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know? So, so yeah, I don't know. Um, maybe that's kind of a weird answer, but I would say don't compete. Don't compete yeah. with anybody. You know, it's, it's, it's you and your unique and the world needs you, not yeah. another, not another Coca-Cola. <laughs> right. I love that. So you talked about market research earlier. If someone is out there wanting to do their own market research, how do you do that in a way that really tells you what you need to know? I mean, you know what to look for when you're doing market research, but maybe people out there who kind of want to do it themselves, maybe don't know what to look for. Yeah. So first you want to educate and research your own industry. You know, I've recently come across a client who really doesn't even understand the industry that they're in. And you can tell that there's been no research. It was like, oh, well, I kind of like this. So I'm going to try and make a business out of it. Right. So the first thing that you really need to understand is what's happening in the industry. And then you need to understand what's happening with that product or service in the industry. How are people using it? How often are people using it? Um, what do people like about it? What don't they like about it? And can you be the brand that comes in and solves the things that they don't like about that product or service? So really important to understand industry, the product, the service, and then of course your target market. You know, there's a lot of demographic research that you can do, but there's also psychographic research you can do. How do consumers think and behave and what are their attitudes and their beliefs? And all of that really will help you drive the strategy for your marketing plan. Yeah, that's great. So tell us what SWOT analysis is. Those of us who are seasoned entrepreneurs know what that is, but for the person who's not really sure, SWOT isn't that with, with guns and military? No, it's S-W-O-T. <laughs> Are you looking at my at my notebook because I have it written down in circle? Um, so a SWOT analysis is uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And so the way I actually teach this in my advertising course to my students is that strengths and weaknesses are internal to your business. Mm -hmm. So what? Where are you strong internally? Opportunities and threats are external to your business. So we talked about your competitors. What, what opportunities do they create, create for you and what threats do they create for you? Usually the threat they have is that they have a larger marketing budget. Yeah. <laughs> so a SWOT analysis is absolutely another piece of research that is important to just kind of keep on handy and return back to and keep updated. Yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense. I would imagine that clients have a lot of trouble being objective about all of this. For sure. And, and, you know, clients have a lot of, they struggle to be objective, but they also struggle to talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's where the kind of the content piece comes in is I got to figure out who do, who do they believe they are and how do we bring that voice out to let others know who they are? Mm -hmm. um, it can be very hard to, to, to articulate what your goal is, what your mission is, what your vision is for some people. And the closer you are to your project or your brand, the harder that it, the harder that becomes. Uh, yeah. I would imagine that having a professional like yourself in someone's 
corner can help them identify what the possibilities are, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love brainstorming work with my clients. I love just getting to know them and picking up on little nuances, just different words here and there that um, are like keywords almost mm -hmm. where you can say, oh, okay, well, I just connected with that. And maybe others will connect with the way you said that too. And mm -hmm. these are things that they're not listening or looking for, but you can help pinpoint and identify. Absolutely. So can you give us a great example of someone whose business you found opportunities for that they just did not see for themselves? Hmm, let me think. Yeah. So I think I would say, um, I, well, I'll, t I'll tell you an opportunity that I actually like kind of took away from a client. I have got um, a realtor up in Wisconsin. And one of the things that I kind of redirected for them when I when I got them as a client was they were spending a ton of their budget on radio advertising, which mm -hmm. is fine. You know, radio is good because the frequency is there and you definitely need that as an agent. Um, but at the same time, it was eating up so much of their budget and it really wasn't getting them a return on their investment in the sense I would say, well, how do people hear about you? And they would say, well, mostly it's word of mouth. Okay, well, let's see if we can put some of that budget towards capitalizing on word of mouth. And, and I kind of just reallocated and shifted things around and, and um, branched out for them, created other opportunities and other lanes and other avenues so that they weren't just blowing all their budget on radio advertising, but now they're on billboards and they're on the radio and they're in people's mailboxes, email and snail mail, right? And so we found opportunities by scaling back in one area so that we could afford other areas. Yeah. How do you know if traditional marketing like billboards and radio ads are good for your business versus going the digital route? Well, it kind of goes back to that industry research. Industry research is going to tell you and competitive research is going to tell you a little bit. Um, and then again, like knowing your sales cycle, right? Um, understanding that as a realtor, People don't buy houses every day, every week, every month, every year. Right. It's a long, long sales cycle. And you have to do the things that are going to constantly be in front of them and be around for the long time. You know, a social media post is here today and gone tomorrow. Right. Yeah, that's for sure. We've got less than two minutes to our next break. Let's talk about, first of all, who is your ideal client? <gasps> My ideal client is the the mother, the father, the, you know, just eager entrepreneur. Um, like I said, one solo business owner and they're just getting started. They haven't done any marketing. They haven't done any branding. They haven't spent a dime yet on any of that stuff. Um, somebody who maybe doesn't even know what they're going to name their business and mm. I can get in and help them understand that down to the name, will really have to resonate with your target market. So let's go back to that research and research exactly who your target market is and give yourself a name and a brand and an image and a voice that resonates with them. Yeah. I mean, if you watch shows like Shark Tank, sometimes the sharks will suggest, you know, the name of your business doesn't really even suggest what you do. Right. And exactly. that's so important. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so important. Do you find that most of your clients come from certain industries? We've, well, we've got just a few seconds left. I will but, say no. <laughs> nope, they don't. Oh, oh, 
different types of industries from healthcare to art to fitness. It's a huge gamut. I love that. And do you find that sometimes you have more than one client in the same industry? I try not to do that. Good enough. We'll come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. Have you ever thought about writing a book? Surveys show that 81% of people wish they could, but many never do. If you're one of those people, I can tell you why. You don't think you have time, you may not know how, or you might not believe you are a good enough writer. When you're working with an experienced coach, these reasons go away because I will help you every step of the way. If you want to know more about how to write a nonfiction book, whether it's business, self-help, or how-to, reach out to me at www.brienkwright.com for more information. Once again, that's brienkwright.com. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we are back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jill Miller. And by the way, if you've not subscribed to Success Profiles Magazine, you can go to successprofilesmagazine.com and you can get a seven-day trial for a dollar and you can read all the issues that we've ever done. In fact, issue number 56 is getting ready to be released very shortly. I cannot wait to share that with you. So, Jill, let me ask you, how is copywriting different from other types of writing? Because your, your agency does help with this, right? Yeah, correct. I think copywriting um, is different for one for the, I think the biggest reason is just the amount of space you're doing it in, Mm -hmm. right? Even if you're writing something as long as an email or a blog, it's still relatively short to um, something such as a book, (laughs) like you're Mm -hmm. used to writing and you, you don't have the time and you don't have the actual physical space to explain yourself. You have to choose those hard hitting punching words that make people that, that really drive that call to action that you're looking to get from people mm-hmm. on a website. You don't have, you know, a website homepage. You don't have that time in that space. So it's, you really have to choose your words very wisely. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's just, it has to resonate. If it mm-hmm. doesn't resonate, it's it by, you know, yeah. <laughs> people are gone, you know? Right. Exactly. So when you take on a new client and you start working with them, how do you know where to start? Yeah, so I kind of backtrack a little bit with clients and I'll say, well, what have you done? 
What have you done that works? And what have you done that hasn't worked? And so a lot of where I start is kind of picking their brain. And then a lot of it is just kind of like the behind the scenes, like, all right, give me your password to this and give me your, you know, give me your logo and, you know, all that type of stuff, which is why I like to get on the ground level, because then I already have all that stuff when I've branded them and uh, I can make sure I have everything that I need. I can't tell you how many clients I work with where I say, hey, hand me over your logo. And they've got one crappy, blurry resolution file. It's like, yeah. you know, that can't be resized. And they don't, it's, that's a challenge. That's very challenging. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would also imagine, I mean, some people like their logos to be cute or their business names to be cute, but cute doesn't always sell. And it really doesn't sell if we have no idea who you are and what you're doing. For sure. I mean, you can, you know, there's, there's some business owners that think like, oh, uh, people want people want to buy from people. Well, it's true. People want to buy from people they know, like, and trust, right? But at the same time, your business can't be all about you, right? I can't have the Jill show over here and right. um, and and have you know. So I prefer the name Vera Creative. It's it focuses on the the brand. It says you know I'm I'm a creative warrior, but the tagline "Victory for Brands" that creativity is going to get you the victory, right? Mm-hmm. So keep. Cute and fun, yeah, it works for puppies, but it doesn't work for CrossFit. You know? No, <laughs> so, like that. So it doesn't. So yeah. And I would <laughs> imagine. Oh yeah, I would imagine when you're onboarding a client, sometimes they think they know what they need, but it's not. They think they know what they want. So you probably find that a lot of people probably don't really quite know why they're seeing you. They just know that they need to see you, right? Yeah, or they've been told that they need to see me because my clients are like, you got to call Jill. <laughs> yeah. Which is always really nice of them to do. But yeah, you know, I think that when you work with smaller businesses you work with, kind of the more they're spinning their wheels and the more mm-hmm. they're they're going back and forth or they're trying to take advice from this social media expert and this business coach and this mentor. And I think a lot of times they don't ever see things through to the end. Um, and I'm kind of here to say, okay, let's back up. Let's get a strategy in place, obviously based off of research. Cause you know, I'm the research nerd, but, mm-hmm. um, and let's, let's do things, do the things that you can afford for the long term. Let's stop spinning our wheels. Let's stop jumping from thing to thing, you know, shiny object to shiny object. And let's really focus our efforts and see what the return on is after we kind of take that strategy and that attitude. Right. So let's talk about branding for a bit. That's really important. What do you think are some of the most common misconceptions that people have about that? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I feel like people are just all over the map when it comes to their branding. Um, I think a lot of people just don't understand their own branding. Mm. And every time they put something out that has to do with their brand, it's fragmented it's disintegrated with their other efforts, or it just looks and feels different, right? And there's got to be consistency. And I would say that the, the majority of people where they kind of fall off the map there, where they, where they go wrong is just lack of consistency in their branding. They don't understand how to do it, especially across platforms or when they're even when they're talking to different audiences right Mm -hmm. you have to cater to your target market but there has to be some consistency in your brand as well absolutely and lots of times people have websites because experts have told them that they should have a website now there are people who are saying you don't need a website to make money but let's just say that you do have a website it doesn't always generate money 
So why is that or how can we cure that? Yeah. So I guess when you look at the website, you have to understand its purpose. And a lot of times it's just retraining clients to think like this might not serve the purpose of generating revenue or Mm -hmm. creating the sale, but maybe it serves the purpose of of lead generation or that that longer format of getting to know you, right? Like we talked about social media here today, gone tomorrow, but on, you know, if somebody really wants to get to dive uh, like a deep dive into your brand, the website's a little bit of a better place to do mm-hmm. that. I think in some industries, the website legitimizes you. Like if mm-hmm. I go to someplace and all they have is a Facebook page and they haven't updated it in two months and then they don't have a website, I don't know if you're open. You know, I, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I don't know if you're still a business. So I think sometimes that like that is literally just the purpose of the website is just like people can go and be like, oh, yeah, they're legit. Look at this. Here's their address. And yeah, <laughs> here's, here's some work that they've done, like whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So with digital marketing being such a huge deal these days, does print marketing still have a place? Again, I think in some industries, it absolutely does. You know, I've had, uh, going back to my realtor client, I've had her walk into houses that had their direct mail piece sitting on the counter because they they kept it around. Yeah. Um, And there's tons of fun statistics. I I guess I should have pulled them out because I love statistics. (laughs) I don't have to memorize, but I share a lot of this with my students in the advertising course. But there's a lot of fun statistics about how, long the average like mail piece because it's a physical tangible item sticks mm-hmm. around and again like that social media post like especially now with the algorithm algorithms it's like once you see a post it doesn't want to show it to you again right. so if you don't like favorite it or, or save it somehow it, you drive yourself bonkers trying to find it again you're not going right. to find it again <laughs> yeah for sure yeah let's talk about promotion because it needs to be unique it needs to be memorable, but it still needs to be consistent with your brand. Is that a difficult line to balance? Ooh, not for me. I love promotions. Good. <laughs> yeah. I So I love like branded promotional items, but mm-hmm. I also love, yeah, like just, um, just, just offering a little promo, a little introductory, but yeah, absolutely. It has to be, you know, consistent and, um, you know, you want to use it again, like just as a way more to, to, to generate leads, right? Like it's the yeah. hook. It's not the it's not the final end all be all. Yeah, pens fall into that category. Mouse pads can go into that category. Uh, notebooks where you have perhaps an image of your book on the back of the notebook or on the front of the notebook. I went to an event one time where the person doing the event had branded notebooks for every single person in the audience. It had her brand new book on the front and it had an invitation to reach out to her for coaching on the back. It was brilliant. I love that. I just, so one of my clients does their local parade, like they walk in the parade Mm -hmm. and uh, one year we did beach balls um, mm. because she, she's a gym owner. And so some of the balls that they use for working out actually kind of look like beach balls, but they're very heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so we branded beach balls and we blew them up and they batted them out to the crowd. So they had this like physical interaction with the yeah. crowd. Wow. So that was, that was a crowd pleaser. This year we're doing tattoos. Oh. So, uh, temporary tattoos. Of course. Yeah, so her, her mascot will be like literally on 10,000 people at the end mm-hmm. of the day. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. So let, let's talk about mascots. I wasn't planning on asking you about this, but <laughs> in, in some businesses, a mascot makes a lot of sense. But again, it has to make sense for your brand. How do you know whether you should have a mascot or not? Oh, this this mascot was like uh, a very natural, very authentic. She loves dogs and she owns boxers and they're the face of the gym. Everybody, everybody loves the dogs at the gym. And so we've done a graphic of a boxer with sunglasses um, as kind of the mascot. But yeah, everybody, everybody loves the dogs. And it just kind of like I said, it was like a, like a natural evolution over time yeah. that the dog became the mascot of the brand. It wasn't really something that was even planned. Yeah. You know, it was like it was fun for the members to come in and take selfies with the dog and post them online and everybody, everybody knows them. So why not? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So we talked a little bit about promotional items. How effective are giveaways in your clients' campaigns? And do you have some really great examples? Yeah, I, I feel like, again, it kind of just comes down to when and where you're giving them away and why. Um, I, I love a good pen, but don't give me a cheap pen, right? So if your budget can only afford cheap pens, think of something better. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you got it. It's almost like a lot of times it's being used as that kind of first impression, right? Mm -hmm. And you want to make a really good first impression. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got clients right now that are taking their entire company on a camping trip mm. and they ordered beach towels for oh, them. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's like a really unique thing that works really well, I think. Yeah. Um, and something that's going to be taken around and used more than once. It's not just a yeah. throwaway um, mm -hmm. at home item. So, yeah. 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 I know that when I go to conferences, the hotels that these conferences are in always have a pen for every participant and they're not cheap pens. They don't That's break nice. easily. Yeah. 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 It's really great. I mean, now granted these, these conferences are not at a motel six, not bagging on yeah. motel six, <laughs> but you know, nicer three, four star places they they'll have the, the budget to do that because they want you to come back and stay with them again. Correct. Yeah. They know, yeah. They know why you're there now, but please come back again. Unrelated to this event. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got less than two minutes till the next break. Let's talk about social media campaigns. Does this involve posting for them? Does it involve creating Facebook ads? Does it involve doing blogs? What does that all entail? Yeah, mostly I just create content and do posts. Um, I'll do a boosted campaign every now and then for a client. But if somebody really wants to get into the nitty gritty of advertising, I mm -hmm. found that out to the experts who keep up on all the fine details of what are the algorithms and what, you know, what are the targeting parameters and <laughs> all yeah. that kind of stuff. Because I'm a one man show. That's a lot to keep up on just right. in itself. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, so for mostly for me, for social media, it's just the day-to-day -day content. And again, the integration, oh, you're having an event. Well, let's make sure we get that out on social media. Oh, you're having yeah. a promotion. Let's make sure we get that out. Oh, you're walking in the parade. Let's tell people on social media to look for you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so mostly it's the day-to-day -day content. And that's the hardest part, I think, is coming up with something unique and interesting to say every day, over and over again. <laughs> Absolutely, we're coming right back. This is Success Profiles Radio.
the mission is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio. If you are in business, what is the number one thing that stops revenue growth? Not having enough leads. Data is the new gold rush. With phone sites, that is never an issue. You can generate as many leads as you want without paying a lead broker. With phone sites, you can build a website or sales funnel from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any technical skills or without downloading an app. It's easy and you have nothing to lose. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Once again, that's phonesites.com forward slash Brian. Recently, an exploding fireball surprised hundreds of residents in the San Francisco Bay Area. A particularly large and phantasmagorical meteor created a loud sonic boom that could be heard all over the city. The streaking fireball was part of the annual Orionids meteor shower, which at its peak produced 25 visible meteors per hour. Echo Dumas needn't worry, though, because only 500 meteors reach the Earth's surface every year, and of those, only around five ever make it to scientists to study. The largest meteorite on Earth, named Hobo West, is located in southwest Africa and weighs 66 tons. If a large meteorite falls and no one is around to hear it, does it make a sound? What's another word for an incredible racket or noise? Polyphlesbian. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and for more Words You Never Heard, check out my podcast at wordsyouneverheard.com. Welcome back to Success Profiles Radio. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. And this show will clearly demonstrate the principles, if I can do it, you can do it. So let's get back to the show. This is Success Profiles Radio. And here again is your host, Brian K. Wright. And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest this week is Jill Miller. And we're talking about branding and getting your message out to the marketplace in a way that they understand and like and know and trust you. And once again, if you have not downloaded and subscribed to Success Profiles Radio on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please do that. Leave a review. That would mean a lot. So, Jill, you have a podcast. Tell us about it. Yeah. So my podcast is called V is for Victory. And I mostly try to interview kind of what we're doing here. Like, where'd you come from? How'd you get here? How many times did you fall on your face in business? What did you learn from the from that you know, from those failures. Um, and, and yeah, it's just kind of a really laid back show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, every year I do a holiday gift guide. I try to sprinkle in a little bit of my creativity. I know whether you're buying a gift for a client or a a tough family member on your list, I feel Mm -hmm. like I come up with some, some creative things that, people might not have thought about. So that's one of my favorite episodes every year is just the holiday gift guide. And I have many episodes with my daughter who's about to turn four. She gets on there and makes me laugh. I don't know if she makes everybody else laugh, but right. it certainly makes me laugh. Yeah, My podcast is kind of like a, a side hustle. Uh, it's not a money maker, but it's just a fun way to connect yeah. with other business owners. Right. That's great. So you went through a rebrand recently. So instead of asking you all about that, I would rather ask, how do you know if it's time to rebrand? Because you work with clients all the time and you just know because this is what you do. But sometimes sometimes people are just so married to their brand and they just don't know when it's time to shift. (laughs) 
Yeah, for sure. It can be a very scary thing. Or people who did spend a lot of money in the branding process are like, I don't want to go through that again. Um, yeah. But yeah, like we kind of talked about during break, it's like when you're pivoting, when your business is expanding, if you need to reach a new target market, if your mission has changed and you suddenly realize, wait a minute, like this isn't really a line anymore with who I am or what I thought I would be about. You know, we, we, we <laughs> one of my clients that all the CrossFit gym again, um, for the longest time, their logo was just this very, you know, it was impact font, CrossFit triple falls, big, big CrossFit, little triple falls underneath it, you know, kind of like a rectangular shaped box. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we knew we needed a rebrand. We probably went through, I don't know, a hundred some logos with a designer and nothing was speaking to the business owner. Mm. And, um, and, it, and it took years. I mean, it took years for us to really figure it out. And then it was like, well, wait a minute. She got this tattoo that said community because she was just, she's just so passionate about building community inside mm -hmm. the walls of her gym and outside the walls of her gym. And mm -hmm. over the years, it just became very clear that that's the mission, right? Not yeah. what we maybe thought it was about. We thought it was about fitness or health, but it's about this actual larger, just sense of community mm -hmm. and coming together. And so we took the tattoo and that's the logo now. Yeah. <laughs> and other that's... people, it's like other people in her members get the same tattoo. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's how deep the sense of community runs is that there's a bunch of members at her, at her gym now that all have her tattoo. That's wonderful. So how do you decide who you want to work with? Oh, I have to, I have to believe in what you're selling. I will not work with anything that go, you know, anyone or anything that's doing anything that goes against my morals mm -hmm. um, and my values. And I right. think that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur is, is there's so many companies out there that I just won't spend my own money with because right. I don't align with them. And so, uh, yeah, so I got, I got to believe, I got to believe in you first and foremost and what you're selling and think that it's doing some good in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So how do you know when you are presented an opportunity, how do you know what to say yes or no to? Again, I think I just look at like myself and I, I think, okay, does this align? Does this, is this something that I would buy? Is this a service that I, is this someone mm -hmm. I would hire? Is this somebody that I would trust? You know, um, is it somebody that I want to give my dollars to kind of stuff like that again, mm -hmm. just kind of making it a little bit personal to figure out. Um, and now I understand that not everybody has the same morals and values, but like I said, it, you know, it just can't cross any lines in the sand for me, I guess. <laughs> right. I totally understand that. So having a positive mindset is really, really important. How do you set up your day for success? Ooh, that's a tough one because you know what? In the morning, my day is so focused on my kids. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, just, just having a plan in general, you know, like knowing that like, okay, when I get a break, I'm headed straight to my computer and this mm -hmm. is what I need to get done. I need to prioritize, you know, I've got this client that, that is a time sensitive issue. And so I have to prioritize that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I feel like, you know, every day is very different for me. So every day when I wake up, I'm preparing in a little bit of a different way. And that's yeah. exciting to me. That's what I love. You know, one of the things I just love about my job. Absolutely. So what do you think your superpower is? What do you do better than anyone else? Ooh, I am a chameleon. I can take on my client's voice <laughs> very quickly. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I've got two clients right now that it's just like, it's so easy for me to create content for them because it's stuff that I would say on my own pages. Right. It does make it hard for me then to come up with stuff for myself to say, because I feel like I'm using all my own content for them. But yeah, you know, yeah, definitely like just kind of being a chameleon and, and coming in behind the scenes. I've had clients, <laughs> I've had customers of clients say, wow, good job. That was so well written or something like that. And and the client will say, oh, that was all Jill. That wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> they can't wow. even tell. They can't even tell. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> that That's a huge compliment, actually, if someone cannot tell that it wasn't yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So what is the biggest risk you've ever taken in your business and did it work out? Oh, I would say starting my business, <laughs> mm. you know, um, walking away from that nine to five and um, that guaranteed paycheck and taking on clients who have no budget. Like, yeah. uh, you know, um, yeah, I, I would definitely say say that. And, and I would say it absolutely worked out. <laughs> That's wonderful. What do very few people know about you that might surprise us? Oh, geez. Hmm. I am pretty much an open book, so I like borderline have no boundaries. <laughs> mm. you, you get to talking to me and I'll talk, talk, talk. But, um, you know, I'm a yoga teacher. I don't know if a lot of people uh, pick up from that on my website. I do have it in there. Vera creative. Uh, Vera actually is a Sanskrit term. Okay. Um, it comes from a yoga pose called warrior one, which in Sanskrit is called Vera Vajrasana. Mm. And um, it means warrior or hero. And so I've been practicing yoga since about 2002 and uh, teaching since about 2010. But wow. um, yeah, it's it's a huge, huge passion of mine. I was a mm -hmm. gymnast when I was younger. That's probably mm -hmm. another thing. You know, I don't live in my hometown anymore. So I don't, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the people that I in my social circle now don't know much about my childhood. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was a gymnast growing up. And, wow. and that's where a lot of my life lessons have kind of come from. And a lot of my determination, to, when you fall on your face, you got to get back up because gymnasts yeah. become experts at that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in terms of yoga, do you like some of the more non-traditional stuff like water yoga or goat yoga? You know, I'm not into that kind of stuff. I'm into power yoga, it's called. It's called I'm trained by a man named Baron Baptiste, and he created power yoga. This is one of the kind of the second forms of yoga to be done in a hot room, in a heated room. Mm. And uh, and it's it moves and it flows and it's kind of quick paced and it's very uh, I would say kind of athletic in the sense. Um, okay. Yeah, and, and I I love it. I don't need the goats and I don't, need, <laughs> I don't need the the paddle boards or whatever they're doing it on. I don't need the, you know, the aerial stuff like that. Um, I just need a mat <laughs> and yeah. I can, I, I don't even need the heat anymore. You know, I know the sequences that will build and generate. I could sweat in, you know, a 60 degree room. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. That's great. So what is the most influential book you've ever read? Oh, probably The Four Agreements by mm. Don Miguel Ruiz. Yeah, do you know yeah. that book? Yep. Yeah. It's super powerful. It's a great book to always go back to. I think if you can understand that book in the sense and like relay it into your business, especially as an entrepreneur, you know, don't take anything personally, be impeccable with your word. Like, oh, those are such powerful, powerful lessons, powerful mm -hmm. things to keep keep you going um, mm -hmm. and to inspire you and to remember, especially as, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. So here's an interesting question. What is the scariest thing you've ever done? Hmm. 
I am not a very fear-driven person. Now, if you want to talk about, <laughs> if you want to talk about like actual physical scary, I jumped out in an airplane. I went skydiving, but the only reason it was scary was because the people and the guys like that you're hooked up to, they were messing with me. Yeah. They were like, you know, Joe, I feel bad for you because this guy he usually just films. He doesn't ever jump with people, so mm. he's like putting little carabiners on me and him. And he's like, Hey guys, did I do this right? I think I forgot how to do this. And they were just messing with me the whole time. And when it came time to jump, my legs were like jello. I could barely walk to the opening of the plane. Right. (laughs) So that was kind of scary, but, but in terms of business, like, again, I, I don't know. I'm kind of a, you know, I'm very quick to make decisions and I'm very confident in my decisions. And, and like I said, I think fear can be just, a, it can actually destroy a life, you know, like yeah. just li- living from fear. So I try not to. Absolutely. Well, if you, you know, with skydiving, if you do it wrong, you'll never have to do it again. <laughs> You're right. It's a one-time thing. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got less than two minutes until the end. So here's the question I like to ask everyone at the end, who inspires and motivates you? Yeah, there's a couple people, I guess, that inspire and motivate you. Lately, again, it's been Baron Baptiste. Um, he's who I trained underneath. I've been reconnecting into some of his online programs lately. And every every time he talks, I'm just, I am all ears. Any story he has to tell about his life, he's just a fascinating individual. His outlook um, on things is just phenomenal the how impactful he is on the people around him is incredible mm-hmm. yeah. and so right now yeah that that's like right now that's who is inspiring me the most <laughs> fantastic and as we wrap up how can we get a hold of you or learn more about you yeah website is veracreative.com on instagram at vera creative and on facebook at vera creative um and my podcast v is for victory how small businesses overcome big battles apple spotify itunes all the, all the places great and vera is v-i-r-a correct yep. it's not vera as in and you know V-E, like vera wang <laughs> right no yeah, it's v-i-r-a vera correct. creative okay yes, wonderful thank you Jill, thank you so much for being here. This was fun. I enjoyed Brian, it. Brian, thank you. I appreciate you. And thanks to all of you for listening. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Please join us every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview another world-class achiever, learn what they did, what they overcame, and the lessons we can learn along the way. Until then, have a great week. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for being a part of Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. We'll have guests that will come from many different backgrounds, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. If you've ever wondered if there's more to life than you're currently living, then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join us again next week for more Success Profiles Radio with your host, Brian K. Wright.